Daniel? Yeah. Well, he's smarter than all of us. I, I mean, I can't speak for you guys. I'll speak for me. But he's smarter than, way smarter than me. He's a very, not only is he a quick learner, but he's a fast thinker. And, and that goes into the decision-making piece. Welcome to Talking Giants, another victory episode. I can get used to this. Giants 24, Redskins 3. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, we're 2-2. Two and two. We very well may be one game behind the division lead by the time the end of this podcast, because we're recording during the Cowboys-Saints game. Nonetheless, it feels good to get a victory. And what was somewhat of a sloppy game, Dwayne Haskins debuted. The defense really shined. My man, Danny, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm right. You're right. I mean, uh, th- these podcasts are much more better when we're winning and it's fun. I mean, yeah, was it, was it the best looking of games? No, but it's learning experiences and it sets, it sets us up for a prime position next week with a, a huge game on the line. Not on the line, but just a huge game in general with the Vikings and at 12 midnight tonight, we get Golden Tate back. We're only getting stronger, baby. Only Faster, better, stronger, faster. I've said faster twice. Anyways, <laughs> this was an important game. One, this is Daniel Jones' second game, his home opener. And it was against a Redskins team that isn't good, but it was a Redskins team that ran their mouth all offseason, talking trash about Dave Gettleman. Josh Norman saying, thank you, Dave Gettleman. Uh, Landon Collins, all the stuff he said, and saying he was going to you know, lay out Dave Gettleman, all that stuff. It was fun to come out here and get this win against this team that talked all this trash. Dwayne Haskins chuckling because he's like, huh, you guys want Daniel Jones? Well, Daniel Jones had a, didn't even have a really a good game, and he outshined you, who played horrible. So as much as the Redskins suck, this victory feels really good because of how much hate and, and disdain I have for the Washington Redskins. And not even that, it's, it's a divisional win. It, on top, yeah, as you said, Landon Collins talking all that talk and him just getting, like, Evan Ingram just, like, running into him and Landon couldn't even stand up, getting juked out. It was fantastic seeing Landon. Landon got a little salty at the end. Him, Jabril Peppers got into it. But, it, I mean, yeah, Landon Collins, uh, Jabril Peppers, this was, if any game for Jabril Peppers to have his breakout performance this year, this was the best game to do because he did it with Landon Collins that crawled on the other sideline with who Landon is struggling. And Jabril Peppers just it just made Landon Collins look like a fool for all that talk. But yeah, just, just all the guys 
talking all that smack. And what was it, I say we'll get the better feeling of Dwayne Haskins as Giants when we play on the second time because he'll have full t- first team reps. Because at this point, as you listen to this, Jake and Gruden, like twenty five interceptions, yeah, yeah twenty five percent. Jay Gruden could be fired at this point. We could have gotten a head coach fired today. I believe he will be. I mean, if you're listening to this and he's not, then uh, whoopsie. Uh, but yeah, it's it was just satisfying to beat the Redskins because there's that team that was talking all that talk. Then ne- next year we got the Browns. I wish we could play the Browns this year to shut them up. But if I'm fine with Quiet and Landon Collins and Josh Norman, and I mean, hey, Dave Gellman looks right for getting rid of Landon Collins so far because he hasn't done much. Yeah, and then so the the Landon Collins stuff at the end. They, there's no video of it besides afterwards when Michael Thomas and a few Giants players are like pushing Landon Collins back. But from what I've heard is Landon Collins pretty much went there looking for something. He, he like pretty much moved towards the Giants sideline. I'm sure Peppers said something because Peppers is kind of like a loud mouth and I, I love it. Um, but like Landon Collins didn't do anything and he, you know, he, he's obviously salty about the Giants and whatnot, which is fine. Like I get that, but he goes over and starts something, you know, Jabril Peppers, Claps back, whatever happens, and supposedly they get into a pushing match or whatever. Nonetheless, Landon Collins is mad, and he's mad because he's on a team that's 0-4, and the Giants, who he loved and wanted to finish his career, said, see ya, dude. Yeah, that, that's the thing. He wanted to finish his career as a Giant. He didn't want to leave. He feels disrespected that, according to him, he did not get a contract offered to him, and... Yeah, I mean, he went to the Redskins for one reason and one reason only. They played the Giants twice a year for, how what, five years, six years, however long his contract is. Yeah, he didn't want to leave, but Dave Gellman and everyone else said we got to find someone better because they didn't believe he could fit the system, and they just sent him off. So he yeah. went there for eighty-four million reasons. Yeah, well. yeah. eighty dollars. So that's another 84 thing. Four million and one. He, he saw that check. He's like, "Damn, all right, I'm definitely going there." But no, I mean, all the talk, like what he threatened to run over the Dave Gellman, like one that was just stupid of him to do that. But yeah, I mean, going over to the Giants sideline, what's the point? Your team lost. You gain nothing from it. You just look. Stupid! You just look like a child going over there trying to complain. What are you going to complain about? You guys did. It, you guys let me go, even though I got eighty-four million dollars from the Redskins. So thank you very much. I mean, he should be thanking us. He reset the safety market, and he's eighty-four million dollars richer over there than he would have been over here with us. Yeah. So Landon Collins didn't. Yeah, I, I, he didn't get like burnt or anything, but he definitely didn't make an impact at all. Um, Let's talk about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has his first interception, and then on the next drive has a second interception. Your, your tweets were hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I, I got a chuckle out of those. Yeah, the, the, this is, let's see how he bounces back after his first interception. And then I just copied and pasted, and then said two <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm getting ready for ES. Never mind. All right, so Daniel Jones. Here, I want to look at this stat, because this stat is really telling of how this team has changed since Daniel Jones entered the lineup. On third down against Dallas and Buffalo, five for 23. On fourth down, two for five. But Daniel Jones, 14 of 26, two for two on fourth down. His legs are a huge improvement. And one, his, you know, his pocket presence is, is pretty like amazing. But his legs, that third and 18, was unbelievable where he you know breaks pretty much four tackles in the pocket gets up through the middle and then gets uh, that first down that was an amazing play by him or, or no i think it was like 14 yards but i think it ended up being like a 16 yard run uh the interceptions weren't great he ended up being 20 23 for 31 225 yards a touchdown in the two interceptions uh 70 completed 75 percent of his passes but nonetheless uh the interceptions weren't good 
Um, let's talk about the interceptions. The first one, he was, you know, he had someone barreling down. I guess he just didn't want to take the sack. Um, threw a bad pass. Uh, the second one, it just looked like, uh, what was the corner's name? Uh, anyways, the corner on Shepard uh, just played it really well. Dunbar. Daniel jo- yeah. I think that corner played it really well. Daniel Jones, you know, threw it on Shep, but I don't think he expected him to cut that route that way. Nonetheless, as, as you know, as Daniel Jones throws with anticipation, so he anticipated like that corner not cutting that route like that. Um, nonetheless, not good. But he bounced back after that, made some good plays. Nothing, nothing wowing. You know, they well the runs and stuff like that. Uh, but when you start out and score two touchdowns on your first two drives, you have room for error. And with the defense balling out, uh, overall a solid game for Daniel Jones. Um, and, you know, he wasn't going to go his whole career without an interception, although part of me thought that. But nonetheless, a, a nice, good, solid start with some stuff to work on. That's the thing. He's a rookie, and we're going to have to get used to this. But, uh, yeah, on one interception, it was, he held the ball too long, and that's what cost him there. I think it was, it was the play with Sterling Shepard. He had Sterling Shepard open, but, like, he he just didn't throw it right there. He hesitated, then he did the extra pummel, which led to the Dunbar interception. But no, this week he definitely his pocket awareness was much more better than it was in the Bucks game. That was a critique I had from last game. Like he didn't seem very much aware sometimes of what was going on around him. But this game he was very much aware. And then obviously now the two interceptions. Every quarterback throws interceptions. I'm not worried about that. We've seen Eli throw interceptions every single game, and we're like, all right, it's just Eli. So Daniel, he's gonna throw interceptions, and just let him learn from it. He'll look at the tape and see what he did wrong. And so it's a learning experience. That's that's the thing. Right now we're in the we have to understand that yes, he was very good one game, but he's still learning how to play at the NFL level. And I mean, for two games, I, I he's playing fine. Yeah, the first game was obviously a fantastic start to his career. Second game was more toned down, but still he learned stuff. He made good passes. He made good decisions. But you could just see how much better this offense is with with him on the field. Just some of the plays that Eli would have been sacked on. Or it would have been taken a sack. Daniel Jones was able to run down the field and get some yards. It was, it's and Daniel Jones. He's also much more ballsy. He makes throws that Eli would at this stage of his career would never make. So I'm proud of that. And this next week, the offense only gets better with the return of Golden Tate. So I mean, it's only on an upward trend right now for the Giants. And so I mean, when Saquon gets back, this offense I believe will reach full potential as long as there's no injuries to it. It's just a fun time right now to be a Giants fan. There's a different vibe in that stadium. You could tell there is let's go Giants chance. I haven't been at the stadium. Maybe it was maybe last year when it was that surprise victory of Chicago. That's the last time I really heard let's go Giants chance. It's refreshing to hear that. Like just watching the game, it's more fun. I wake up more excited because, like as we say, like oh the Giants are always going to win, but there's always something deep down inside me. Like eh, you, you know what the result's going to be. But Daniel Jones brings new life to this team. If you look at the locker room video, the team's just hyped. And that's just awesome seeing just – it's just a fun time to be a New York sports fan right now with all these guys and Daniel Jones being a part of it. I'm just happy to be along for that ride. Yeah, and as much as, like, it wasn't the most wowing game, he got screwed out of points. We were at the three-yard line, and John Hillman fumbles the ball. You can't have that. You cannot have that. And we'll talk about the running backs um, in a second. But that, that just – that took seven points off the board right there. So that's, uh, you know, possibly a Daniel Jones touchdown. But nonetheless, seven points taken off the board right there. And that 50-yard-plus 50, uh, 50 pass to Cody Latimer, that might be – that was – I don't want to say the worst call, but that just didn't make any sense. That just wasn't offensive pass interference. He literally, you know, like beat his guy off the line using his hands while he was, you know, being pressed on and then ran a slant route. wasn't like he was, like, pushing off during a slant route. It was literally get off the line. 
get you know use his hands to push the guy to the side, slant, and then 50-plus yards, and they called it offensive pass interference, which doesn't make any sense on any level. One, you can't have pass interference when the ball is not in the air. And then two, that's just not what the rule is. So that, that, that drive 100% gets points unless there's some kind of turnover. But that drive gets points. Um, the two-minute drill that uh, we, we did get the field goal off of, but, you know, there's no telling me that if we didn't have another minute left on the clock, we don't get seven there. So uh, as much as the numbers didn't look like, you know, 17 points on offense isn't great, we, we had points left on the board. Let me say this. Uh, Alex Kemp and his crew, I think they're the worst officiating group in the league right now. They lead the league with most penalties thrown. Uh, in the middle of the game, I, when they're throwing the flags on Washington, I was laughing. But looking back on it, some of those calls were terrible. And Cody Latimer, he, he got off the pass interference twice. Both those times, they were not off at the pass interference. Uh, as the announcer said, he said, like, these refs aren't getting paid by the flag. They just throw flags on everything. Even on Washington, I look back on some of the plays that they call holding were not really holding. So it was, I hope we never have to see this officiated crew again because he's just not good. And I hope they fix that penalty flag throw issue because th- that's also what made this drag this game out. The amount of penalties they threw was, it was dreadful to a point. But yeah, that 55 yard off at the pass interference, that sh- it should have been just 50 or however many yards. That should never have been called, and we would have had great field position. So, refs screwed the Redskins mainly because they forgave them. Like, like every time I threw a flag in that first quarter, I was like, "All right, it's gonna be on Washington," because that's all. Like, and it was only Holden they called on them. So that just Alex Kemp and his crew is awful. And I think he's like a second year official or first year official, but I know most officiating groups by name, and now I know Alex Kemp and his crew. They're just not a good crew. Yeah. So nonetheless. Good, solid game from Daniel Jones. Nothing special, but a solid game overall. Um, definitely stuff to work on. Um, and against the Minnesota team next week, uh, we got to take advantage of everything and not have those kinds of mistakes, even though Kirk Cousins is horrible. All right, let's talk about the running backs. Wayne Gallman gets the start. He starts out hot. He ends up with two touchdowns, one on the ground, one in the air. Had 18 carries for 63 yards, which is three and a half yards per carry. Um, the receiving six for 55. Um, oh, and I want to talk about the Daniel Jones touchdown to him. And then Hilleman, 10 for 33, uh, so 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, overall, 20, 28, 28 carries for 96 yards, which is about 3.4 yards per carry. Solid game, but people were saying, like, oh, this is why the Giants shouldn't have drafted Saquon number two. Like, this wasn't a good game for the running backs. It was solid, but it definitely wasn't good. You you can't average not average four yards per carry and, like, come away happy with that. But what I will say is I'm very happy that Pat Shermer stuck to the run because if there's any team we can run without Saquon against, it was this Washington game team that was giving over 100 yards per game to their the opposing running backs. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad they stuck with the run. It, it, it helped balance things out. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in running the ball. Um, and I know, and we talked about it last week, all the nerds say, never run the ball on first down. Passes get more plays. Like, yeah, but running the ball sets other things up. Um the fumbles, though, you can't have those fumbles. The Hillman fumble, that unacceptable. Wayne Gallman had a fumble. Like, Saquon's had one fumble in his entire career, uh, I think including college. And that was uh, week one against Dallas on the screenplay. So, we Saquon would have had a much better game, obviously. So, we, we will miss Saquon going forward. But uh, I'm not mad at these running backs. I thought they did well enough, especially Gallman. Uh, and the air made some really big plays. I, thought he had, I think he had like three like 15-plus yard uh, catches. I mean, for that first quarter, 
Uh, I said Wayne Gallman X Factor, and then that first quarter, I'm patting myself on the back. Like, great job, Wayne Gallman. But yeah, it, it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination an impressive game. But Wayne Gallman did it when none of us, if you were expecting Wayne Gallman to go out there and be like Saquon Barkley, you were playing yourself. I, I think Wayne Gallman played as well as any of us would have imagined. Um, he, I was happy the way Wayne Gallman performed. He says his hand locked up on that fumble play, which uh, I, I was fine with him playing the way he did. Uh, I feel like Jonathan Hillman, that, that, his fumble was the worst because it was in scoring position. The Giants easily had a touchdown there trying to give him the touchdown, but unfortunately he just, he got what? I think that Redskins player just got his helmet into the ball and that led to the fumble. So I think that was a bigger fumble out of Wayne and him, but I was fine with how, if Wayne Gollum can, I just need him to get a little more than six yards. If he can get to that 70-yard range, let's say even that 80-yard range, that will be successful to me. But for I, I was I was happy to see how Wayne Gallman played. The team was excited for him. Saquon even tweeted out this morning, 22 is going to eat today. And while it's against the Washington Redskins, I know that. But, like, the Cowboys are free, you know. They play Washington once. The Eagles play Washington once. But when we play them, it's like, oh, well, it's Washington. I'm fine with how Wayne Gallman played. I'm happy for Wayne Gallman. Hopefully he can build on this next week. Yeah, and so the receiving touchdown from Wayne Gallman at the goal line, and then this isn't about Wayne Gallman, this is about Daniel Jones. And I, I put a breakdown out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. That was really nice by Daniel Jones. It looks like just like a dump off to Wayne Gallman. He's wide open touchdown. But on that play, they had three guys to the left. Jones keeps his eyes to the left, and the middle linebacker, who was on Gallman and would have had Gallman covered, like thinks that Jones is going to go to the left or in the middle. Because he, he decides he's just going to leave Wayne Gallman alone because there's no way he comes back to it. So he goes through every progression. Gallman's the fifth. He's wide open and walks in for a touchdown. So while it looks like a three-yard touchdown to a, a running back, um, and that's just like something that any QB can do, it was a really like, like cerebral play. Uh, very smart by Daniel Jones, which Pat Shermer said. He's smarter than literally everybody. Um, he's like well, he, he said to the media, he's like, well, I'll speak for myself. But he's smarter than everybody in the media. Um, so, yeah, running backs played all right. Uh, nothing special, but no, be glad to get Saquon back eventually. No, yeah, we're going to get through this dry stretch with Wayne Gallman, but uh, just games like this, minus the fumble, I think we'd be talking about how good of a game he had. So, uh, yeah, just more of this from Wayne Gallman, just minus that fumble. That's the main takeaway of this from me. Yeah, um, anything from the receivers, uh, Ingram played pretty solid, nothing special. Um, he did have uh, the one long play. I think that was for the two-minute drive. Um, Shep played pretty well. Uh, I thought he made some good in-breaking in rounds. Uh, Slayton, we didn't hear much from him. Uh, the other guys, nothing much. Uh, yeah, so the, the receivers, you know, no nothing groundbreaking, nothing bad. So, I mean, overall solid game. I don't think we have to spend too much time on them. The receivers, they play fine. Uh, the, Washington's secondary isn't good. Uh, I was happy with the way with uh, Ingram played. Latimer's return. If that offensive pass interference wasn't called, that would have been a huge play. Shepard played good. Just an all-around fine game. Nothing impressive. It's a learning experience, but... Um, if we if our it's just even better knowing that goal that takes back next week. That's the biggest thing. We get a key piece back to this offense and should hopefully make this offense even better. I can't believe I waited till now to talk about the O line. I thought the O line played really solid. Hernandez had an amazing game. I can't wait to go and like watch him individually 
But there were so many times where it's like, man, there you go, Hernandez. There's one where he just mauls a middle linebacker on that long Gallman run. He was the pulling guard. Uh, on the goal line touchdown he pulled, they had Nick Gates in on there where he had a pancake on that play. I thought the offensive line played really well in the run game. I thought they did pretty damn good in the pass game. Um, not perfect, but pretty damn good. Uh, overall, re- really good game from the offensive line. Did they give up a sack? I think we had I, one I, sack, did. maybe. I think it was Nate Solder that, I, at least me, I for some reason, I feel like Nate Solder got beat a few times there. It didn't lead to, but I think he was the one that let up the one sack. I could be wrong, though. I'm, I'm looking it up right now to see how many sacks we had. But the O-line played well. Um, hold on, I'm looking up. Talk to Danny. There, there was no sacks, actually. I, I have ESPN pulled up. There's no sacks. Zero sacks, baby! And can't remember the last time I read that. Probably, probably not even that long ago. <laughs> Offensive line is legit. I love them. It is legit. Um, and it was nice to say, like, see Eric Flowers on the other side. Like, see what happens when you're gone. Although Eric Flowers hasn't been horrible for Washington. I, um, I knew that was going to happen. I knew Eric Flowers wasn't going to be awful. Well, I the thing is, is we didn't – like, he didn't really – like, he just – okay, so I'll, I'll like, give some experience. We re- re-rushed I, – I won the way to the defense, but we only blitzed 12% of the time. And – I'll give you, tell you from experience, I played tackle in high school and in college. But in my all-star game in high school, they put me at guard. And in the all-star game, you can only rush four. You, can, you can't blitz. And this was like the best players I ever played against. Um, it was the easiest game I ever played in my life. Guard was the easiest thing in the world. It's such an, So when you're not worrying about blitzing and having like one-on-ones because uh, everyone else is locked up, it's super easy. So just, just to keep that in perspective. Anyways offensive line played really well any final notes on the offense uh, before we we switch sides nah i think we covered it all just a fine group a fine group of young men all right let's uh take a break and then we'll talk about the defense all right so a lot of people are starting podcasts today if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's talk about the defense. I think we should get this out of the way. Ryan Connolly, as of the time of recording this, it's probably going to be a torn ACL. They're going to do full tests and everything on him. Uh, but Arch Stapleton said that their their fear of that's a torn ACL, which just sucks, man, because he was ha- having a great season. I mean, I, I don't know about defensive rookies around the league, but after he started against Buffalo, he's been balling out. He's a guy, I mean, you both love coming out of the draft playmaker i mean he had a second interception in this game he had an interception last game he you know they they shut down the run did really well and he's probably done which sucks man because he's a guy we all love we were all pumped for and it's looking like his season's over the moment i saw the it was non-contact right there i was like his season's done it's just unfortunate because they said the guy was balling out he was having an impressive rookie season and it sucks that it's going to be taken away. I forgot who asked him. I feel bad because I feel like I should know, but he says he never had any history of knee injuries, so this will be the first. But, yeah, it's it's not good, even though the, we haven't had the results yet and there's, there's I don't know, you could say there's hope, but it, his season's done. And that just makes our linebacker position even thinner because, uh, as 
Austin Ogletree, the hamstring. Tay Davis, the concussion. Lorenzo Carter has the neck injury. At least he was taken out because of a neck injury. So it's just our linebacker group is going to beat up. And right now, our only two healthy linebackers uh, will be Nate Stupar and uh, uh, David Mayo. And that's not something I needed to hear. So we need Tay Davis and Alec Ogletree back ASAP. Yeah. Like you said, it just sucks. One, because he's a really good player for our football team. And two, like a rookie who's having a great year and it just gets ended. Like that that just sucks. That puts kind of a damper. And, and he seems like a guy in the locker room. Like you can see Jabril Peppers was like visibly upset when he saw Ryan Connolly down. He he, he just like it was just it, it just sucked to watch. And when that car came out immediately, it was like, damn. Yeah. And he was just laying there like lifeless that's and i heard the scream on the tv i was like oh no did you oh my gosh just it was worse. Here, the, mo- the moment i heard I, I i just i just heard it i was like oh no oh dude oh dude i'm like wincing right now i hate that um yeah that sucks david mayo though i will say he played a pretty decent game as a number two linebacker he led the team in tackles shutting down the run vernon davis who like vernon davis with terry mclaurin out was somebody i was worried about and we'll talk about them having injuries in that being a part of, of the, this defense being dominant. But, they, you know, Vernon Davis had one catch for five yards. I thought the middle linebackers and, and Jabril obviously played really well. Uh, yeah, that, that that sucks. I'm trying to transition out of that. Uh, the defense as a whole, though, played amazing. Held the Redskins to three points, and I get that it's the Redskins. But holding any team to three points is difficult. Holding any NFL team, to, even the Dolphins, to three points is a difficult task. So I don't want to I don't want to just be like, oh, well, it's just the Redskins. So a really great game. You know, only allowed 176 yards. They were 2 for 11 on third down. And we'll talk about Haskins and and the mess that he is, but overall really good game from this defense because going into this game, as bad as Washington's offense was, we were like this defense has been really bad all season long. Um so yeah, great game to gather defense. Like I'll I'll take that any day of the week. I don't care who it's against. I, I was really happy with the defense as a whole. That's the thing. Like, even though we were to- joking about, like, oh, we're going to just curve stop Washington. We're like, we can't say that because you just look over and this defense hasn't been good. And they played fantastic and better than I would have imagined. And, yeah, the injuries, did they play in effect? Yes. But still, uh, Case Keenum had two guys wide open, and it was Trey Quinn both times, and he over. The Giants defense has played good coverage, and they allowed them to get some coverage. Not coverage sacks. I think well, I don't even know how many sacks they had, but still, they they gave the def- the pass rush was able to get there at some point. So it was an all around good game by the defense. And as Pat Sharon said, he switched around like Janoris and uh, DeAndre, and it played better. But next week is the true test of this team. We'll figure out what they're really like. The f- first week we're like, oh, they're they're not going to be contenders. The second week we're like, all right, we're going to figure out what this real team is. But now that all these changes have been made. This Sunday against Minnesota, we're going to really find out who this defense is. Yeah, I thought as a whole, the pressure was coming from the middle, from Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Thomason and B.J. Hill. Dexter Lawrence played another amazing game. Uh, He almost had a couple more sacks, too. Part of that is they had Eric Flowers at left guard, and their center was out, and Brandon Sheriff, their right guard, was out. So, you know, I I will give a little credit to the Redskins. Their whole interior offensive line was just bad. Uh, but nonetheless, they got the pressure up the middle. Uh, the defense was great on the backside, at least from what we saw, because, like I said, there was time, but they like because of that pressure up the middle, Haskins and Keenum wouldn't throw the ball, and that led to you know three sacks all 
all where it weren't like, you know, three to four second sacks, like they kind of had time. Uh, so that was good to see. Golden made some plays. Uh, Tuzar had a, had a, uh, let's see, Gold, O'Shane, or, um, Connolly had the one sack and then O'Shane, Golden, uh, Dalvin Thomason, and then Tuzar Skipper all had half a sack for a combine of two sacks. So three sacks, which isn't great, but it's not bad. And so I thought they played really well. Um, the linebackers we talked about with Connolly and, and Mayo, Stupar, I, I didn't really pay attention to what he did when he came in. The game was kind of over at that point, but the real star of the, of the night was the backside, baby. Peppers and Jenkins. Jabril Peppers, man, what a game, dude. To come out and be playing against Landon Collins, who, you know, talked all this trash. And, you know, people trashed uh, Peppers after the first two games. He played pretty damn well against Tampa. And that interception was an awesome coverage against a fast tight end, Vernon Davis. I don't care how old he is. He's still extremely fast. Was a great interception on on Dwayne Haskins to take it for six. That was just a beautiful play overall. We got That was another play where we got pressure up the middle. And if you go watch it, Haskins doesn't step in that, that pass. He throws it off his back foot because he's got pressure coming up the middle and he's afraid to get hit. That allows Peppers to get it and make six out of it. Like, you can't ask for anything better than that. Um, the goal, the, remember the goal line pass the tight end uh, on the play action and, and Peppers pops it out of number 87's hands? Just a great game for Peppers all around. Yeah, that was my favorite play. Then when he knocked that football out of Jeremy Sprinkles' hand, just a beautiful pass breakup. He he didn't look back at the quarterback. He stared at the wide at the tight end the whole time. The moment he saw that football, he just punched it out beautifully. Time the interception, obviously beautiful. It, it, this was the best game for him to break out on, j- just for the sole fact that Landon Collins was on the other side of that sideline and had to see him do that in his old number. It was fantastic to watch. Uh, this yeah, it's just Janor Shankins. I, I I take back everything I said about him last week. I was saying some nasty things, but I take that all back. Uh, he played fantastic, and this was a great bounce back game. And yeah, it, once again, Washington was missing some key pieces, but nonetheless. Uh, these are still NFL players, and these guys are here for a reason. And he did a great job defending. Just an all-around great game by the defense. Yeah, the the Dexter Lawrence having a good game. Marcus Gold is finally, I think, back to the old Marcus Gold, and I'm in love with it. Seeing him finally get some sacks. Just just a great game all around by everyone. Just a good game by James Betcher as well. Just just a great game. Yeah. Um... Grant Haley was the only one you could really say anything about, you know, those two overthrows from Keenan to Trey Quinn. Like, has there ever been a QB that's overthrown more white wide receivers than Case Keenum? Because I don't think so. Uh, Jenkins, man, he played like a man. And that's why I said last week, like, yes, he played bad. And he shouldn't have played that bad. But Mike Evans is an amazing wide receiver. He is an amazing wide receiver. And amazing wide receivers make good corners look bad, like bad corners. So the first play... The first interception, man, Haskins kind of underthrows that ball on the sideline. It was a bad decision anyways. But he absolutely just mosses Paul Richardson. That, like, that was a man, a man catch right there, baby. And then the second one, being aware after the tip pass, Haskins throws it too early, bounces off of uh, Vernon Davis and just to be there, get that pick. Jenkins was feeling good after the game. He said, shout out, DJ. Go, DJ. That's my DJ. I love that quote. Jenkins, man, really, really stepped up big, man. So, I, like I said, when people were calling the trade and cut him, it's like, come on, guys, let's, let's not overreact to one game against Mike Evans. And by the way, Tampa scored 55 points against the Rams today, who also have a very good defense. That's the thing, also, off top of that for a second. People say, oh, the Giants beat the Bucks. They're not that good. They put up 55 points against the reigning NFC champs and won. Uh, yeah, the 
Bucks are a decent team. But no, Janoris Jenkins, this was just also a good game for someone like DeAndre Baker to see. Like, Janoris Jenkins struggled last week, and he saw how he prepared this week and how he went out there and dominated. It, yeah, we didn't hear DeAndre Baker's name all day. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's another good thing. And yeah, well, I was not calling for Janoris Jenkins to be traded. Let me make that very clear. I was just very mad at his performance that he almost cost us that game, but luckily the Bucks kicker is just not good. Or at least in that situation, he wasn't good. But yeah, Janoris Jenkins is still a key part of this. He missed an extra point today, too. He did? All right, well, that that makes me feel better about last week. But no, Janoris (laughs) Jenkins is a key piece for this team, at least for the foreseeable future. Who uh, Well, maybe we'll be saying a different tone at the trade deadline if we're not as good as we are now. But keep Janoris Jenkins. He will help lead this team. If we are to make, let's say, an attempt at making the postseason, I believe he is the guy that will help us make it to the postseason. Yeah, Jenkins will be a good piece. And like like you mentioned, DeAndre Baker, we didn't hear his name all night. I don't think he had a pass completed against him. So I feel like I would have remembered that. So, you know, good game for DeAndre Baker, man. Keep it up, young fella. Keep getting better. I mean, it was against a bad wide receiver crew. But nonetheless, you play you play who's across from you. Um, now, this def- – we didn't – by the way, we didn't blitz at all. 12% of the time we blitz. And they were only five-man blitzes, too. That being said, people are like, whoa, James Betcher not blitzing? A lot of plays. We had four guys down, and then a defensive lineman would pop out, and a middle linebacker would blitz in. That's how Connolly got his sack. So there was some different kind of things. There wasn't any DB blitzes. But there was times where we had four safeties on the field, where we had Michael Thomas, Sean Chandler, uh, Jabril, and Bethea out there. By the way, we didn't have to call Bethea's name either, although I'd like to see him make some plays, but we didn't have to call his name out there. So – James Betcher, this defense is getting more comfortable. Uh, everyone said, you know, the excuse was after the first couple games is it takes like three to four weeks to get comfortable in this defense. Well, granted, it was against a, a bad Washington offense, but they sure as hell look comfortable out there and were holding holding coverage for five, six, seven seconds. I mean, it was really encouraging to see how much this defense has improved. Dexter Lawrence keeps making play after play after play. That's a rookie. DeAndre Baker, obviously. Ryan Connolly sucks, man. It just sucks. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, and you know, we'll 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 spend more time next you know, later in the week on what we should do with the middle linebacker spot. But just you know, you hold anybody three points, and that's something you should walk away proud of. No, yeah, I I wish Michael Thomas joined the interception party, but unfortunately, just couldn't bring that one in. But no, uh. I'm, I, I'm with, yeah, we're, we fought the Giants defense suck, but maybe they really did need all that time to settle into this defense, and so far it's working. As I said, next week against Minnesota, it's a true test. We'll figure out how they are because they really struggled today against the Chicago Bears. I felt like once the Bears took away Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins couldn't do anything, so I think we'll really learn about this defense next week. Two tough games coming up, but we got to stay in the present right now. Just a great game. Uh, it's the baby steps that we need this defense to take. In that first game, they are awful. In that second game, they played good in the third quarter, but couldn't do it in the fourth quarter. In the third game against the Bucks, they struggled in the first half of that third and fourth quarter. They put together good stops, which gave the Giants the opportunity to go out there and win. And today, all four quarters played well. It's It's baby steps, but we're getting there. And this defense will work out. And... Maybe we really need maybe an extra pass rusher to really get this defense to be something. But with the guys we have right now, I'm pumped for this. Just the, as I said, we had to take. Unfortunately, as good as it was, we had to take a huge blow of probably losing Conley for the year. But yeah, let's not dread on that. We'll have to dread on that in the Wednesday show. Yeah. Um, 
I want to do this right now. I want us to give a shout out to Angelo uh, Pas- Pasalaka. I think I got that right. Um, he's a listener of the show, and he just sent me a reminder because I, I always do the first round rookie QB stats. Um, I forgot to do the win percentage, so I'm going to type it out right now on the, on the show. Daniel, first round rookie QB's win percentage. Daniel Jones, 100%. Kyler Murray, 0%. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, 0%. Tweet, watch the world burn. <laughs> and I like my own tweets, by the way. Oh, you're so if anyone ever people. comes to me with like, Bobby, you like your own, who, you look at this loser, he likes his own tweets. I don't care. I like every single one of my own tweets because they're freaking amazing. Anyways, just kidding. Uh, by the way, <laughs> did I not call it or call it on my like? I want to see Dexter Lawrence get pressure all game, forcing then the uh, and then uh, Evan Ingram and to have a good game against Landon Collins and Josh Norman to get beat deep, which that part didn't happen. And I want it to be a blowout to force him to play Dwayne Haskins and Dwayne Haskins to throw an interception to Jabril Peppers. I felt good about that one. That, that one felt good seeing that one resent out. Well, what was in your coffee that morning? Uh, I just, you know, you know what? They, I usually get a large dark roast from Duncan. I'll give any free advertising to Duncan. Duncan, I love. Uh, they were like, oh, this actually I gave you cold brew. Is that okay? I'm like, sure. They're like, yeah, so it's a little stronger. And I'm like, oh, I know. And I started getting pant. You know, I always drink my coffee in the parking lot looking at stuff. Uh, so, yeah. You're that, only getting cold brew from now on. That, <laughs> yeah. Pre-game is now a cold brew uh, tradition. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> anything else on the defense? I mean, we talked about how the DBs played amazing. Uh, D-line played pretty pretty all right, better on the interior than on the on the exterior, but we we shut down the run game, uh, you know, won the time of possession battle big time. You know, two for 11 on third down, that's pretty great, and they didn't they didn't go for it on fourth at all. Uh, just a good game, man. Like, any game you, you shut a team down to three points is a really good game. Yeah. You just shut it down for three points. Uh, also, are, are we going to be ending the show in a second? Cause if we are, I just got to say one last thing about something. Say what you got to say, Danny. All say right, what well, you need to say. All right. it's, it's special teams. One, Riley Dixon, his punt is looking much better than last year. Two, uh, TJ Jones, I want to know your thoughts on this. He dropped those two punts. Do you still have confidence in him as our punt returner? Well, I will I will say this because this is what I wanted to finish the show out. Oh, we Golden Tate is returning, which means somebody's got to go. I mean, it's got to be TJ Jones, right? He has Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't really – he's not really in the uh, the rotation and the wide receiver core. He played some snaps today at wide receiver, but nonetheless. And T.J. Jones is a guy I fought for and loved. But when you have two punt uh, drops on punt returns, you know, luckily none of them turned the turnovers, but they were what they were. Um, you're not uh, you're not contributing to the offense a whole lot. I know he had that touchdown against Buffalo. And you bring a guy like Golden Tate back who plays essentially the same position as him, I think T.J. Jones is, is going to be the guy to go. Yeah, TJ Jones, uh, he didn't help himself today. He had to have a good game, and he didn't do that. So, uh, yeah, but Golden Tate will be back next week. I'm looking forward to a 12-1 tonight. He says he's going to be looking forward to see who's up at that time. I'll be up at that time, Golden. I'll be ready to celebrate with you. But, no, yeah, TJ Jones, uh, he, he's gone. I'd be shocked if he's not. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I just thought of a great idea for a tweet at 12-1. All right. <laughs> Golden Tate, retweet, retweet me, babe. Um, <laughs> All right, so any final thoughts? Daniel Jones, uh, good game, not a great game. Some mistakes that definitely need to be cleaned up. Uh, 
and we'll clean up some of that stuff in our Wednesday film cleanup show. Any any final thoughts, Danny? No, just a good game all around. And now we turn our attention towards a huge game next Sunday at MetLife against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just Daniel Jones, keep improving. Defense, uh, keep stay like this, get better every game. And I say we're in for an exciting rest of the season. Yeah, by the way, I, I can't wait to play Dwayne Haskins again. He's horrible. Oh, my Giants coconut just fell. That's what I'm the not, noise you just heard. Not the coconut. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, and part of it is me just having fun messing with Redskins fans and, and making fun of our opposing QB. Like, people who get mad at me like that, like, I like the Giants, and I don't like the teams that the Giants play. So let me make fun of Dwayne Haskins, who I never liked anyways. He He didn't look good at all, man. Like, he looked bad. Now, can he improve? Yes. But this is a league that doesn't have a lot of patience with young QBs. And he, he has to improve quick. And it wasn't like he was be- – like these like insane, like confusing coverages. They were all pretty much man coverage. Um, I know people say, well, that, that interception was tipped, the second one to Jenkins. He threw that ball when, when Vernon Davis wasn't ready because he felt pressure. That's completely on him. The ball to Janoris Jenkins. We've seen that time. We saw that in the preseason with him. That those sideline routes to the right, he he consistently underthrows me. I saw it at Ohio State, and I made fun of him for it at Ohio State. Um, the one the Peppers was just you know a, a bad throw uh, against pressure, and then like you said, the Michael Thomas one that should have been another interception right there. So Dwayne Haskins, this isn't talking Redskins, but Dwayne Haskins, I, I feel bad for you, Redskins. Uh, Jay Gruden could this could have been his last game. Although there was a report that saying there was like there no result could lead to his firing, but I don't necessarily know if I believe that. But Jay Gruden, I think, is actually a decent coach. Like if Jay Gruden was our offensive coordinator last year, I wouldn't be mad at all. He's just in a terrible situation to succeed. He's not the issue. He didn't want Haskins. He just didn't. didn't. We saw that when they were down with six minutes left. At like their three yard line, and they ran the ball three times in a row, and then punted it. Like he does not believe in Haskins. He doesn't like Haskins, and, and he knows that. Like he he waited as long as he could to put Haskins in. He he just doesn't. He wants nothing to do with him, and I don't blame him to be honest. Uh, he's not the issue. It's a uh, Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Uh, they just haven't given him good guys to succeed, and clearly they did not take his input in the draft. I am full on in the in the train that. He, the Redskins were the team that wanted Daniel Jones, him and them and another team. And unfortunately, they couldn't get it. So, Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, like the Giants didn't take Dwayne Haskins. We should take him since he played at the Ohio State University, university which has produced many great quarterbacks in their time. Is that I don't think they have produced many good quarterbacks. No, they haven't. <laughs> All right, good. So, my sarcastic, so my sarcastic joke was working. I'm like, hopefully, there's like no one good that I'm forgetting of, but. Yeah, I mean, Smith had a few good games. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you look at it, like, what they like, Ryan Day was when Dwayne Haskins looked good, but then once Urban Meyer came back, they just like basically dink and dunked at that point. So I would, and I said this the other day, if I were a four or five star QB, I would seriously consider Duke because you're gonna get, you're not gonna win a Heisman, you're not gonna win a national championship, but you're gonna be prepared for the NFL. You're gonna get better coaching than a lot than a lot of NFL teams can give you. Like, I would, I would really consider going. And playing for Coach Cut, and that's coming from someone who, like, took an official visit to Duke, wanted to go to Duke, and Coach Cut said, "Sorry, man, we're not going to be able to offer you a scholarship," and I was devastated. So that's 
credit where credit's due. Go, go coach cut. Jim Collins, my recruiting coach, is still there. Anyways, that's not what this show is about. All right. Giants win. We're at 2-2. Two 2-0 and two. Two and oh in the Daniel Jones era. You can't ask for anything better than that. We'll be back on Wednesday to clean this up on film and do some mailbag questions. Send us some mailbag questions. They were a little light in the pocket last week. So we'll see you then. Enjoy this victory. And let's go Big Blue.